Good afternoon and Merry Christmas Eve. It is so good that you are here. It's great to see you as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And those of you who are kiddos here, would you do me a favor? If you're under the age of 12, would you just wave your hands, both hands up in the air? Come on, GFC family. Can we let our kids know how much we love them? We're so glad that you're here with us for this service, making it so special. For those of you who uh, maybe you're home for Christmas and you're a college student, welcome home. We're glad that you're here. Or if you've been gone because of work or military, we welcome you back home. Some of you, you just haven't been home in a long time. You haven't been to a church in a long time. We're glad that you're here. Know that you can always come back home. For you, I'm curious, what does it take for a place to become home? For some of you, have you ever heard home is where the heart is? Is that true for you? Uh, for some of you, it's home is where your dog is, right? How many of you are dog owners? You are good people. You can be trusted. Some of you students, home for you is where the Wi-Fi is strong, right? Come on, let's be honest. How about home is where family is, where you're making memories. For some of you, home is, is when you can, you can sit on the sofa and get your comfy blanket, maybe be in your PJs. When it's cold, you can be by a fireplace watching a movie or watching the Cowboys win on the road. Like that's, come on, that, that's home, right? That's home. But it's being with the people that you love. Sharing a good meal, maybe during Christmas eating tamales, right? Like that's home. It's just being in a place where you feel safe, loved, and trusted. And when you're away from home, your heart misses it. You miss being home. You miss the memories. And you love being home. One of our favorite Christmas songs is I'll Be Home for Christmas. And it's written from the perspective of a soldier who is stationed overseas during World War II. And the song is actually a letter. And it's <laughs> soldier's family of saying, I, I want to be home. I hope to be home for Christmas. So get things ready. Get the holiday prepared. Get everything right. And so I want you to imagine, right? Imagine that we're all gathered around the living room together. And let's sing the song. I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for
that was beautiful, wasn't it? They sound great. Thank you, worship team. You guys sounded great as well. For many of you, you feel home, right? Everything's going good in the world and in your life, and you just are looking forward, and you should be full of gratitude over the blessings in your life. But others of you, you don't feel like home. And it's only in your imagination or only in your dreams that you could really be at home. And for some of you, the difficulty of that is because of memories of someone who's no longer with you, someone who has passed, someone who you may have relational conflict with, and there's tension, and it's just not the same. Maybe you're here today and you got a diagnosis, or there's a sickness of someone in your family, and so your heart is heavy. Maybe it's the uncertainty of the future. Something has come up to the surface. Maybe you've experienced some kind of trauma, or maybe it's sin in your life. And if you're honest, you know that because of that sin, there's great distance between you and God. But the good news is you can come back home. There is hope. There is hope in this service today as we are in the presence of the Lord. And so I'm excited that you're here and and we're going to open up God's word and we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. And I believe that he's going to do miracles and he is going to save, he's going to forgive, he's going to bring help. Amen. So please turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Our story begins with the story of Jesus. Mary is a young adult, she's pregnant, she's going to be married to Joseph. And there is a decree, an order in the Middle East that every Roman subject, including the Jews, had to go back to their home of their ancestors to register. And so for Joseph, he was a descendant of King David, so he would have to go back all the way to Bethlehem. The distance between Nazareth and Bethlehem is 90 miles. Can you imagine being nine months pregnant and having to travel by foot, maybe with the help of a donkey or a horse, all the way to North Austin? That's a long way, right? And so that's what Mary and Joseph were doing. They were traveling. They were on this journey. And they were going to Bethlehem. And what's really interesting about Bethlehem is that it was the, this small little village was a place that was prophesied by the prophet Micah 500 years before the birth of Jesus. And it's in the Old Testament. It says, Bethlehem, for out of you will arise a leader who is to be the shepherd of of my people. So can you imagine? That's 500 years, and then there's the birth of Jesus, and then 30 years later, Jesus gets up, and in John chapter 10 says, I am the good shepherd. The fulfillment of not just that prophecy, but Jesus became the fulfillment of over 300 messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. Proof that he is the Messiah, that he is king. There is no doubt. And so, Mary and Joseph are traveling. He says in verse 4 of Luke 2, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, he betrothed his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And what did they say? Let's say it out loud together. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Wow, can you imagine that moment? It all started because of a journey to get to that location. Mary and Joseph traveled a long ways. The wise men traveled even further. Even the shepherds had to travel to get to the place where Jesus was born. But do you know who traveled the greatest distance? You know who came the longest? Jesus. He came all the way from his home in heaven. He was obedient to his father who said, go. Why? Jesus fulfilled the purpose that God had to, to seek and save the lost. To show the world the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So he revealed the character and nature of God. And his purpose was to die on the cross to save people from their sins. Only through Jesus can man and woman be saved. There's no other name under heaven whereby we can be saved except through the name of Jesus. And so Jesus came to be home. It's unlike any other religion where people are trying to get to God. Christianity is in unique because Jesus came home to be with us. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. The paraphrase, the message says that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. It's Emmanuel. God became to be with us. And so at the manger, it was a location. It was a place. But just because people traveled there, the wise men, the shepherd, that's not what made it home. What made it home was being in the presence of Jesus. And that's what this story is about, is to be home with Jesus. Jesus is the center of the story. He's the focal point of even our time together. It's not about the songs. It's not about the stage. It's about the Savior. He's the reason why we've gathered here together to lift up our voices to worship, to pray, to be grateful. Amen? It's because of Jesus to find our home in Jesus. To be home for Christmas, to be home spiritually is to be home with Jesus. And it is sad when people try to find a home in other places or people or situations. Because you were designed, you were created to have fellowship with God. You were created in the image of God. He desires to be close to you. But when you harden your heart, and you go your own way, and because of sin or any other thing that can take the place and become maybe even an idol in your life, vying for your time and your attention, then you can try to find your home in other places, but it will only be temporary compared to the home that you can have in Jesus. Jesus' birth began the journey and prepared a way that we could have our forever home eventually with Jesus for eternity in heaven. Amen? Where we're living here, there is going to be trials. There will be pain. There will be heartache. But take heart 
Jesus has overcome the world and we are passing through. This place here on earth is not our forever home. We have a better home in our future that we can look forward to. That should fill our hearts with hope and with joy and with great cheer. So let's take a moment and look at the different people in the, char- in the Christmas story. Kids, who's your favorite character in the Christmas story? The donkey? I heard the donkey. Donkey had to have a role, right? For some, it's the wise man, the shepherd. How about Joseph? Joseph, each one of these people, I wonder if you can relate to a character in this story. Joseph represents the working man, the working people. Like he was a carpenter, a builder. My dad was a hardworking man. While he was starting churches, he was also providing for the family by cutting down trees. He was painting houses, putting on roofs. He had strong, callous hands. And some of you work hard to provide for your family. But you're weary and you're tired. But working people need to find a home in Jesus. And Jesus opens up his arms and says, For all of you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. Come home to me and I will give you rest. How many of you, besides Jesus, of course, how many of you Mary is your favorite in the Christmas story? She's like when you think of Mary, you think of someone who's innocent and pure and nice. She was available to the plan of God, right? She is just so nice and kind and pure. And so she represents all the nice people, people who do good works, people who are selfless. But here's the reality. Nice people need to find a home in Jesus. Your good works cannot save you alone. It's only through what Jesus did on the cross. Only by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone, can you be saved. Only through Jesus. What about the shepherds? Anybody like the shepherds? Back in the first century, the shepherds were looked down upon. They were out in the field, didn't get to take a shower. They smelled pretty bad. Like the shepherds of anybody in the Christmas story is as close as we can get to to Cousin Eddie as anybody else. (laughs) right? But the shepherds were like, looked down. They were despised. But when Jesus came to this earth, you can't help but read through the Gospels and see how he leaned into the underdog, to the lowly. Like he had a special place in his heart for the tax collectors, the fishermen, the shepherd. He loved them. He said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but it's the sinner's that need to repent. The woman who was caught in adultery, Jesus rescued her. He saved her life. He didn't condemn or shame her, but he did look at her in the eye and says, go and sin no more. He brings hope to the sinner. He says, welcome home. What about the wise men? They represent the well-educated, the affluent. But what's interesting about the wise men is they did not allow their wealth to keep them from coming to Jesus, but rather they took their gifts and they bowed down and worshiped the Lord. They were generous. They acknowledged that Jesus is the King of Kings. And what can be difficult if you are affluent, if you're well off, it's tempting to be more dependent upon your own resources than you're dependent upon the Lord. And the wealthy, the affluent, and the well-educated need to find a home in Jesus. And often it's them who have a harder time finding a home in Jesus. Find it more challenging to humble yourself. But Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Then you have the villain in the story. You know who the villain in the story is? Good or bad? It's the innkeeper, right? Like he had a moment. He could have made room for for Jesus, for Mary. He may not have known that Mary was going to give birth to the Messiah, but come on. She's like 19 years old. She's nine months pregnant. Come on, make room. Like give him your room. Do something. But he didn't. He didn't. And may you not be guilty of not making room for Jesus. He wants to be first in your life. He desires to be first, to have a relationship with you. But for some of you, because of the weight of sin and you're walking in darkness and you're far away from your spiritual home, Jesus has provided a way for you to come home. Listen, I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe that any of these people in the story, they, Mary was minding her own business when the angel came. Joseph was trying to get away, but God intervened. The shepherds are at work. And so some of you two weeks ago, you couldn't even fathom being here in this service at church in the presence of the Lord. But some of you are here because of a parent, a grandma who prayed and said, would you come with me to church? It would be my Christmas wish that you would sit with me. Some of you, you received an invite card at work or you saw something on social media or you saw the big sign on 1604. Whatever way got you here, I don't believe it's by accident that you were here in the presence of the Lord. It was God's desire that you be here at home in his presence. For some of you, the Holy Spirit's drawing you to himself. Even if you feel uncomfortable now because of the weight of your sin, the Holy Spirit convicts us so we can be right with God. He's done his part when he came to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. And for us to be made right with the Lord, we believe in him, we put our trust in him, but we confess and repent of our sin and turn to God. That's how we come back home, become part of his family. And it's when he came to this earth, the Gospel of John says he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But those who did receive him, he gave them a right, a right to be called what? Children of God, adopted into his family to be in his spiritual home. And that should be the desire. In the first advent, Jesus arrived as a savior. In the second return, Jesus will come as a judge. And each of us will give an account for our lives, for our deeds, for our words. We will all stand before a living God. But know that today, you can truly be home. You can truly be home spiritually when you find your home in Jesus. And I know that some of you, it just doesn't feel like home physically, like just being in church. Each of you travel dif different distances from your home to be here today. And just being here physically, you may still not feel like home. And I get it. I, I really do. At the beginning of the week, man, things were, are going good for me personally. But there's people in I, that I genuinely love and care for. My family, my church family, that I've seen just suffer. Some relational pain, some because of sin and there was confession or allegations and things came to the surface. And my heart has just been grieved because I love and care for people so much. And I was just overwhelmed with just like, I was just upset. I was like, this is Christmas week. Have you ever had kind of those moments where you're just like, just in a moment discouraged and you, 
and it gets on your nerves when other people are just too happy. Have you ever been that way before? And you're just like, I just can't get away. Well, I was here at the church, and I go into the, the volunteer lounge, and there's all kinds of signs on the wall. And this sign was on the wall. It says, keep smiling. And I can't explain to you, but this sign got on my nerves so much. And I know I'm here at church and I'm pastor, but I took this sign off the wall and I just threw it on the ground. Glass everywhere. And I felt bad. I was like, man, that's a loss of control moment. But I was just so just overwhelmed with just sadness for people I love. And I was so mad at the devil because of the effect of sin was having on their lives. The enemy wants us to stay in those bad places. But the Lord says, would you just come home? Would you just be in my presence? And I'm grateful that all month long that this couch has been on the stage and this place has been a house of prayer. And early in the morning and oftentimes even in the evening, I'll be here and I'll have worship music going and I'm praying and I'm seeking God's face. And I've experienced the presence of the Lord and the comfort of the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I've seen breakthrough happen in, in the people that I love. And I've seen deliverance and forgiveness of sin. I've seen miracles that could only happen through Jesus. And so it's only built up my faith to believe that in this moment that God is the only one that can bring you home. That he's the only one that can deliver you, heal you, restore you, reconcile you, forgive you. No matter where life is taking you, no matter the trials that are in front of you, God can be your home. You can find a home in Jesus. Will you please stand to your feet? We are in the presence of the Lord and the hope that when we call upon the name of the Lord, we can be saved. And so will you do that right now? Would you just, everyone say the name of Jesus out loud. Jesus, we know there is great power in your name. For you came to this earth over 2,000 years ago. You died on the cross. You rose from the grave. And you are alive, and we believe that you are alive, and you are here with us right now. You said wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We've worshiped you. We love you. And I pray that you would minister today. If you're here today and you just say, John, would you just pray for me? I'm going through a difficult time right now. I feel overwhelmed. I'm going through a storm. Maybe it's physically, financially, relationally. You're not alone. Would you just raise your hand all over this room right now? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would be so close to my friends. They're acknowledging their need for you, that you are close. And I pray that, as your word says, you're close to the broken and the contrite spirit. Holy Spirit, minister in only a way that you can. Would you bring healing and relief? Would you bring wisdom? Would you give hope? Would you give a vision, Father, for the future? Be with my brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. We are grateful that you're here. As we worship and pray, would you just express your love for Jesus?